put those hands together, give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. What a blessed privilege it is for us to be in the house of the Lord one more time. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad that the Lord has allowed for us to see another Sunday. Guess what, good people? One month, as far as a Sunday is concerned, we're going to be coming back into the sanctuary in physical presence. We want to give God the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. If you're joining us on our various platforms, Facebook or YouTube or in our live chat room on our church website, we want to welcome you to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you in that spot. So if you're on Facebook, please share your timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to make sure we all stay in the same chat stream and tag people that you want to watch with this post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and text this link to your personal network. We want to get up to at least 1,500 subscribers as far as uh, our YouTube channel is concerned. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. We also would love for you to, before we have the call to worship, just type in, as far as the chat is concerned, where you're watching us. Amen. Whatever city and state you're in, where you're watching us. We want to make sure that we uh, know the demographics that we are dealing with as far as today is concerned. Well, of course, it is 4th of July Independence Day, but our greatest freedom is in Christ. And with our greatest freedom being in Christ, we're going to celebrate and worship our God. Minister Erica Minor is going to come and lead us as far as our worship experience is concerned. If you know that the Lord has set you free and you are free indeed, come on, let's celebrate our God through Jesus and give him the praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us praise the Lord this morning from east to west, from north to south. Let us praise the God of our freedom. He is worthy of being praised both now and forever. I know all of us are looking forward to festivities with family and friends this weekend and celebrating what most Americans are doing, celebrating the freedoms and liberties of this country. But this morning, this hour, this moment that we are together, we need to be celebrating the freedom that our almighty God has given us, the freedom from the traps of the enemy, the freedom from the blood that has washed us, freed us from the bondage of sin. That's what we're here to celebrate this morning, and that's why we're here to praise our God. Now let's praise and sing along with our choir as they lead us in hailing the almighty power of God. Oh, 
scripture reading this morning. If you're able, please turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 24, verses 27 through 31, Matthew 24, verses 27 through 31. And it reads, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the son of man be. For wherever the carcass is, there, are, there the eagles will be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the son of man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with, great, with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. The word of God is already blessed. Let us go to God in prayer. God, we are grateful for one more day to join together, both virtually and physically, to focus on you and your awesome love and power. Lord, we welcome the Holy Spirit to move and have its way as we praise and worship you this morning. Lord, we invite your presence into our hearts and into our minds that we may be transformed and not depart this place the way that we entered. Lord, we invite you into this atmosphere of worship so that only you may be glorified. Lord, have your way. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can't feel I can feel it now. 
Come on, let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. Thank you to our adult ensemble who have been blessing us over, wow, 16, 17 months with their gift of song. And I am so appreciative of that. Come on, can we celebrate and just give God praise for our ensembles and how they have been doing the doggone thing as far as this pandemic is concerned. I want to uh, just take this uh, moment to welcome our brothers and sisters who are at the Mecklenburg Detention Center as part of our social justice ministry. We are providing a Simukai service for our incarcerated uh, siblings that's being broadcast to an estimate of 1,500 individuals who desire to listen. So we thank God for them and we pray that today's service will be a blessing to them as far as that's concerned. Amen. Let's give God praise for them. I also want to thank our academic uh, resource ministry for doing a magnificent job in honoring our 2021 uh, graduates on last Sunday. Uh, thank you to uh, Dr. Sherelle Fuller and Sister Tanya Grimes and all of those who work with them to ensure that our graduates had a wonderful, wonderful time. Just want to let you all know that the office will be closed on tomorrow for um, observation of Independence Sunday. I mean, Independence Day, rather, and we will resume our office hours on Tuesday morning. Uh, we will be doing a monthly check-in on Zoom for all disciples who want to join us this Tuesday at 6, uh, July the 6th at 7 o'clock. Just want to continue to give you some updates on what's going on here at the church. I am certainly delighted to announce that on next Sunday is going to be our Family and Friends Day. And uh, I have asked my good friend and one of God's most gifted preachers, the Reverend Dr. Lance D. Watson, the pastor of the St. Paul's Baptist Church in Richmond, Virginia. He's going to be our guest preacher for next Sunday. And so I am looking so forward to hearing him, and you will be blessed. And also on the fourth Sunday of this month is going to be our annual youth day. And uh, we're going to be featuring a new uh, voice as far as preacher is concerned, the Reverend Dr. Jacques Boyd. Uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, will be our guest preacher, and we're looking forward to hearing him and being blessed by him. <clears throat> On the Saturday, July 31st, we're going to have our annual church conference, and we will be doing a hybridity as far as this meeting is concerned, in person as well as uh, virtual. And so if you want to register to be uh, on virtual, you can do that. But we're also going to open up that space to allow for you to come and uh, be a part of that service. And then also on the Sunday, August the 1st, we will have re-entry into live worship. Our Sunday morning live experience will take place at 845, Sunday school live at 845. Our worship time is changing to 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. I'm going to drill that in our, in our psyche. 10 o'clock will be our worship time. This is a major shift. We're going to only be doing one service uh, for the time being because a lot of our people will still be uh, online. I do want to stress that we would appreciate if you are looking forward to coming in uh, worship that you will uh, be vaccinated. It is not required, but it is definitely preferred. And we understand that, of course, this Delta variant is not anything to play with. Um, and so as we move forward, we want to encourage you, please, ma'am, please, sir, make consideration to becoming vaccinated. Because even uh, if you're vaccinated, it doesn't mean that you can't get COVID. But it sure does uh, limit and mitigate 
its impact as far as your body is concerned. So please give that consideration. Uh, we are also making another shift here at St. Paul. We're moving our video conferencing platform from GoToMeeting to Zoom. And all our ministry leaders should be getting new accounts. And we're going to be having a training session led by Sister Emily Adia and Brother Reginald Ross, along with our church staff. And we hope to have that transition completed by the first Sunday of August. So ministry leaders, please check your email inbox or spam folders for email to start the process to transitioning to Zoom. And we hope and pray uh, that we can make this as smooth as possible. Amen. As we move forward, as far as our worship experience is concerned, we want to lift up several prayer concerns as far as our church family is concerned. Uh, the family of Sister Oliver Tolliver Carson, the sister of Disciple Louise Tolliver. Um, a graveside service will take place at York Memorial Park on Friday, July the 9th, 2021 at 11 o'clock. The family of Brother Felix Bird III, the son of Brother uh, Disciple Felix Bird Jr., uh, services are pending. And the family of Brother Joshua Hollingsworth, the cousin of Deacon and Training. Uh, Eloise Alexander and Mary Murphy. Uh, we want to keep those family, that family in prayer, and those services are pending as well. We continue to lift up the family of Brother Sidney Ernest Roach, the uncle of uh, Sister Gwendolyn McCain. We continue to lift up the family of Brother Horace McCory, the son of disciple Darlene Robinson, and the family of Brother Larry Hoskins, the husband of uh, Sister Amelia Hoskins, we continue to lift up those families in our prayers as far as loss and bereavement is concerned. On our sick and shut-in list, we have a lot of names that are listed. However, these are ones that, of course, have uh, been in the hospital or have had significant surgery. We want to lift them up. Francis Montgomery, Gina Pettis-Dean, Alberta Henderson, Eleonora Lee, Anthony Farr, Sadie Sertiman, Ronald Robeson, Gloria Singleton, Reginald Steele. We continue to lift up our pastor emeritus, Dr. Paul Drummond, and his wife, Sister Thomasina Drummond. Uh, Deacon in training, Thomas Fall, who has been in the hospital, and Rose Mungle. We want to continue to lift those persons up in prayer. We're certainly delighted to have back with us, as far as our church is concerned, Sister Rhonda White. We thank God for your presence. Amen. Amen. She's praising God in a sling. Amen. Amen. But we're certainly delighted that you're able to be back and give your voice as far as song is concerned. Put the camera on her. She's standing up. Put the camera on her. Amen. There you go. There you go. Amen. Wave at the folks. Smile. There you go. All right. She has given her queenly wave and her smile. All right. But we're certainly delighted that you're able to be back with us. We thank God and we continue to pray for your healing. Amen. As we move forward, I'm going to ask that uh, Minister Erica Minor will come lead us to the throne of grace as far as this time of prayer is concerned. Dear God, we come to you knowing that you alone are our refuge. Lord, we come to you knowing that you alone are our strength. Lord, we thank you for being there for us in these troubling times and hearing our cries for help, hearing our cries for peace, hearing our cries for love and healing. 
Lord, we thank you for walking with us through this journey of life and making our lives more abundant. Lord, you know our concerns and our cares this morning. Lord, we have witnessed so many things in the past weeks. We have witnessed so many injustices and discrimination and things that just seem like unnecessary chaos. But Lord, we know that you are still in control and we look to you to keep control of everything that we don't have a need to worry because you are almighty. You are all powerful and you are the one true God. Lord, we love you and we thank you for looking out after us and just seeing before what we even know is a trap or a concern or a burden or a hurt or a hindrance in our way. Lord, we thank you for removing the stumbling blocks so that we don't fall on this journey. And even when we do trip and mess up, Lord, we thank you for being there to pick us up so we can keep going and walk on in your name. Lord, thank you for the gifts that you have given us. There are so many things that you have enabled us to do, not only to glorify you, but to help your people, your creations. Lord, give us the confidence to operate in your will. Give us the confidence to know that you have ordered our steps so we don't need to look back. We don't need to look left and right. We can walk straight ahead and carry on the way that you would have us to do. Lord, we thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. Lord, you've heard the prayer concerns and those that are sick and shut in, those who are bereaved, those who are hospitalized. Lord, we know that you're already with them, but Lord, we want to send up extra prayers. We want them to know that we are thinking of them, that we love them, that we want you to comfort them because we can't be there, Lord. Lord, be with them, heal them, deliver them from their hurts, deliver them from any confusion that they may have, soften the grief in their hearts, Lord. Lord, we ask that you bless our congregation, virtual and those in the sanctuary. Bless us as we all become blended in the next couple of weeks, as we come back together to worship you and lift you up in physical presence, Lord. Keep us safe, keep us smart, and let us be patient and listen to you and how we should operate, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Minister Minor. And we pray that you have received that prayer. And if you know that God is blessing you and has answered your prayer, come on, let's celebrate God and give God the praise that our God so richly and rightfully deserve. Amen. Beloved, it is time for us to give. It is time for us to give. And this is one of the most intimate ways that we can connect and partner with our God through our giving. This is worship. This is worship. And so as we prepare to give, there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. One of the ways, of course, is you can mail your check or money order as far as your tithes and offerings to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or you can drop off your check, money order, or cash at the church uh, at the same address. However, if you're going to do that, call the office at 704-334-5309. To make sure that someone is here to receive your offering, we will receive it, place it in a safe, and then, of course, turn it over to our account committee to ensure that they count it. Second way you can give us through our church website, through either ACS or Church Life. And then the other way that you can give us through the app called Givelify. If you have, don't have that app on your smart device, download that app to your smart device, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, 
you can give. Amen. So as we prepare to give, if you're able, we want you to take, put your offering in your right hand, want to give God what's right, not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as giving is concerned. We don't take it lightly that we're able to do this. Thank you, God, for blessing us with the opportunity to receive. And now we give back to you a portion of what you blessed us with. For those that practice in discipline of giving tithes and offerings, bless them Godwardly. For those that feel like they can't tithe and give an offering, increase their faith. And then, God, for those who feel like they don't have to give you anything, God, if you would, continue to convince them and convict them that they can't beat you giving no matter how hard they try. Now, God, utilize these gifts for your glory that we will partner with you in restoration and reconciliation of a creation that we broke. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and let's give at this particular time.
right now you want more of God come on you got to worship and you got to praise God for that capacity and I think we can all do a whole lot better than what we're doing right now more of you Lord more of you amen as we prepare for the word of God this morning I want to call your attention for the time that is mine to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, we want to look at verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. Just one verse for today. 
and it is so rich in meaning. From the New King James Version of the Word of God, it reads, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Let me say that again. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. I want to preach for the time that is mine. It takes more than words. It takes more than words. We exist in a time where the stress, strain, and struggle of living can wipe a lot of folks out. Uh, in 2021, I sense that a lot of us are under pressure just to maintain our sanity and keep our heads above water. The words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 rings loud and clear when he said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. These words of Paul have become meaningful for a lot of us. Many of us know what it means to be tired and troubled, perplexed and persecuted, cast down and cussed out. Nevertheless, we make it to our various jobs, handle our appointments, and meet our obligations on our digital calendars or our physical paper planners. We are so busy going nowhere fast, trying to do everything for everybody until we don't have time for God and ourselves. For some, with all the responsibilities we have, all the accomplishments we have achieved, all the activities we have engaged, all the money we have made, all the degrees we have attained, our lives still are somewhat empty, futile, and powerless. All of us, if we want to admit, are dealing with some crazy mess, trifling notions, and hurtful situations which have hijacked our happiness, judged our joy, snatched our strength, vandalized our vision, destroyed our dreams, and pulverized our passion. The insidious irritations, aggravating annoyances, and persistent pressures of life has thrown our hands up in the air with a sense of disgust and despair. Many of us have had to deal with long lines, unexpected bills, inflexible schedules, prolonged disease, sudden sickness, COVID-19, systemic racism, messy people, disgruntled co-workers, paranoid relatives, unruly children, crazy spouses, mean employers, and hypocritical folks. We know what stress looks like because for some of us, it was stressful just you trying to get connected to this virtual space that we now call church. Not only do we have to deal with silly situations, but we've had to face some perplexing uncertainties. For some, life is filled with frustrating questions that cannot be answered. Random pieces of life that do not fit together and certain events that make no sense at all. And we are forced to make tough decisions, deal with folks that we would rather leave behind, 
and confront situations that we've been putting off for a long, long time. There are times when, for me, life can seem so perplexing and confusing, so overwhelming and overbearing until I wonder, am I the only one who feels like screaming at the top of my lungs? Not only do we have to deal with being troubled and perplexed, but we have to overcome persecution. There are those who are being persecuted on your job, damaged in your relationships, and yes, even degraded in the church. Deliberate snubs and malicious attacks are part of this journey called life. And I'll be the first to admit, I don't like it. I'm not too crazy about it. But unfortunately, when we sign up to follow Jesus, we sign up to be persecuted. Jesus says... In this world, you're going to have some trouble, but be of good cheer because guess what? I've overcome the world. The unfortunate reality about being persecuted is that it becomes a leech latching on to us and draining us of our self-worth, self-esteem, and self-reliance to make us feel like God has abandoned and rejected us. We also know what it means to be struck down. The storms of life have been brewing on the horizon of your reality, and it sends the howling winds of catastrophe your way. How does that look? It looks like this. A loved one dies. A home goes up in flames. Cancer is diagnosed. Divorce papers arrive. Financial disaster strikes. A horrific accident occurs. And usually it happens unexpectedly with a phone call, a blaring siren, or a cold, tense knock at the door that causes your heart to pound and your pressure to rise. There are those who can say with clarity the words of James Weldon Johnson when he said, when hope unborn had yet died. This is the essence of living on this side of the veil. Life is filled with tenacious tensions and systemic stress and constant confusion. And when you think about all that you've had to deal with, one issue after another, it seems like when it rains, it pours. And yet we need something within us, something internal, to help us to remain steadfast and unmovable. We, we need something to give us strength for the journey, courage for living, and relief from our oppression. Poet Paul Lawrence Dunbar reminds us how life is when he said a crust of bread and a corner to sleep in, a minute to smile and an hour to weep in, a peck of joy to a pint of trouble and never a laugh and the moans come double and that is life. And yet, the Bible has been written to remind us that although life is filled with toils and turmoil, troubles and tribulations, that God does not want us to walk around dismayed or defeated or distressed because of the obstacles of life. I'm here to let you know that when you have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you know who God is as your creator and the Holy Spirit as your comforter and guide, you do not live by words alone. God has given you power for living, power for giving, power for sharing, power for caring in this world. 
And in this world, God wants you to know that you are not alone nor forsaken because he has deposited something within you that will strengthen you in your time of need. This is what the Apostle Paul is trying to get across to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth was a gifted church, but it was also a crazy church. And I've discovered and I've lived long enough to see that sometimes your most gifted people are the craziest. <laughs> yeah, he reminds them that they cannot be captured by the rhetoric of speech, especially from people who mean to cause trouble. But they are to be lifted by the power of God. The church at Corinth was one of the most gifted churches of Paul's day. They had folks who were smart, intelligent, rich, could speak in tongues, could interpret tongues, could perform miracles of healing, had the gift of faith, but there was one problem. They had all these gifts, but they really didn't have any power. They had all these talents, but they didn't have any power. They were able to show some signs, but they weren't changing lives spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and relationally. One must understand that you can be gifted, but not empowered, which allows you to challenge lives, transform communities, equip the saints, modify your attitude, and save sinners. Too many people like to talk the talk, but lack the power to walk the walk. Paul writes to this gifted yet cantankerous, talented yet boisterous, exceptional yet mundane congregation, which was a tongue-speaking, hand-laying, and prophesying church to inform them they needed more than words. They had gifts, but they didn't have any power. Power. This is a word Paul used to remind us how the kingdom of God is not defined by words or by speech or by talk, but by the power of the Spirit of God. The word for power in the text is dunamis is where we get the modern word dynamite. And when you become part of the kingdom of God, you must understand how power is interwoven into the fabric of the kingdom. God has granted you and I something explosive which can bring down strongholds. Power is an unmistakable mark of the one who both knows God personally and who is growing in his or her relationship with God. We must realize this power is not something God gives us as a spiritual commodity, but rather we receive power as God's spirit controls our being. The power God gives us in our relationship with him through Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. To move beyond mere talking, mere words, mere speech that ruins our lives, you got to have power. When we see this word power in the New Testament, most of the time it is referring to potential power. In other words, there's an energy that is real and legitimate, but it's only a possibility. It is a force that is not yet realized. The moment you receive Jesus Christ 
as your Lord and Savior, you have access to unlimited potential power. But you must learn how to use that power. And too many people are walking around with untapped resources, unused strength, and unrealized power for kingdom living and kingdom building. Paul says the kingdom of God is not in words, but in power. This power is the ability to overcome our addictions, move beyond destructive patterns, strengthen our weakness, make crooked places straight, make rough places smooth, exalt valleys, lower mountains, and pull down strongholds. In the church, we cannot use the tools of the culture and we cannot use the machinations of the world to change our communities. We can't use political rhetoric to change the hood. We can't use financial jargon to transform lives. We, we can't use legalistic linguistics to free shackled minds. We, we can't use academic verbiage to empower our children. We need Holy Ghost power. On social media, folks are arguing for or against Shakara Richardson to compete in the Olympics because she was disqualified for smoking marijuana. We need power. Supreme Court just gutted the Voting Rights Act by upholding Arizona's ability to limit how people can vote. We need power. The Delta variant of COVID-19 is impacting unvaccinated young adults at an alarming rate. We need power. The divide between the have and the have-nots exploded during the shutdown for COVID. We need power. Critical race theory has become the new boogeyman for white supremacists and their allies, and they don't even know what critical race theory is. We need power. When you have God in your life, you have access and usage of the power of God. But here's the problem with so many of us. And it's so easy, I'm almost embarrassed to share it. Here's the problem with a lot of us from the pulpit to those that are in the congregation to the back door to those of you all who are watching me on Zoom, Facebook, YouTube, or our website. Here's the problem. It's so simple. It's so easy. I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but here's the problem. Here it is. We are plugged in but we have not turned on the switch. We, 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 we are plugged in, but we have not said, go, God. We have the power to address the obstacles of life, the deprivations of our communities, the poverty in the hood, the miseducation of our youth, the financial oppression of our people, and the spiritual barrenness of our folks. We can face the persistent pressures, the sadistic setbacks, the stressful struggles, the cantankerous challenges, and the perplexing pains, pains that are part of this thing called life. That's why Isaiah said he gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But here's how I shout. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You need to have Holy Ghost power, spiritual power to make life more meaningful and your existence more significant. 
Because love without power is sentimentalism. Justice without power is mockery. Grace without power is misery. Righteousness without power is meanness. Hope without power is helpless. The church without power is a building. The Bible without power is meaningless. Church folks without power are pitiful. And God without power is impossible. The Apostle Paul, through his own spiritual transformation... And apostolic information that was given to him demonstrates the qualities that gave him access to Holy Ghost power. How can we realize this power? How can we move beyond talk and get to action? How can we access this power? I want to suggest to you that when you know the life of Paul and you understand where Paul came from, you will see in his life examples of how he gained access to power. Paul let us know, first of all, you got to acknowledge your weakness, which is intimate confession. Acknowledge your weakness, intimate confession. To experience the power of God in our lives, we got to stop relying on our own strength. It's hard because we've been encouraged to be self-sufficient and self-reliant. We've been told... Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. But how can I pull myself up by my own bootstraps when I ain't even got any boots? When we depend upon our own devices and ingenuity, the presence of God can become obscure and even obsolete. The church cannot base its ministry just on numbers and money because those are wrong gauges for spiritual development. Personally, you can't base your relationship with God upon material possessions or your financial fortunes. I know people who got the finer things in life and they are miserable in their riches. They got things, but they don't have any power. The kingdom of God wants us to understand that it's not our power, but it's the power of God. Uh, In the kingdom, you can't even recognize The power of God until you acknowledge your own inadequacies, your own insufficiencies, and your own shortfalls. God does not want us to become weak, but simply admit we are weak. Ooh, I just just said something here. Let me say it again. God does not want us to become weak, but simply admit our fragile, powerless nature. We're already weak. Because when it comes in comparison to God, we are nothing. There are those who will have to admit that we we really don't have all that it takes to make it in this thing called life. We we need power. We we need the power of God to help us with some stuff. And, And you need to admit to God there are some things that your willpower cannot help you overcome. Some of us need to confess that you need God to handle your addictions, manage your anger, bridle your tongue, control your lust, stamp out the greed, help you forgive, relieve your stress, stop you from lying, improve your health, free your mind, discontinue your gossiping mouth, prevent you from falling, support your dreams, alleviate your suffering, evade your enemies, and save you from sin. We need God to help us with our weaknesses. Paul said it 
and I'm reading from the message translation what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. It reads like this, because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I would not get a big head. I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and then God told me, my grace is enough. That's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in my weakness. Now I take limitations and stride with a good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accident, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Many of us find it hard to admit that we are weak because we want to be Superman or Superwoman in the eyes of others. But I have discovered, I've lived long enough to tell you this truth, that when you admit your weakness to God, God kicks in and says, about time for you to let me handle this matter. And when you hook up with the power of God, I believe that I got a few witnesses in the house. Some are watching me on stream that will admit that when you admit, God, I can't do it. God, I can't handle it. God, I can't take it. God will show up. And is there anybody that would testify that when the Lord shows up, he will show out? Intimate confession. Then there's something else Paul would let us know that you need to also submit to the authority of God's word, which becomes intimate confidence. Confidence, 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 confidence. Uh, there's a difference between being confident and being arrogant. Arrogant is when you rely on your own strength. Confidence is when you know you can't do it, and had it not been for the Lord, ain't no telling where you would be right now. Spiritual power is inseparable from the Word of God. And, and, and I know I'm going to mess some folks up, but you can't have God's power without being in God's Word. Pa Paul reminds us that there's no shame in the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto our salvation. You and I must allow the word of God to become the governing principle of our life. You must understand that when you have the word of God in your life, it will strengthen you and encourage you because it is the very essence of God in your life. I, I see now why some disciples don't have any power because they ain't in the word. You don't come to Bible study and we make it easy and convenient right now. You don't attend Bible study. 
You don't come to Sunday morning live. You don't open up your Bible, maybe with the exception of Sunday morning when it's time for preaching. If you're not spending time with God in your private moments, it's hard for you to have spiritual power. Preachers, stop reading the Bible just looking for a sermon and start reading the Bible to spend intimate time with God. Teachers, don't just read the Bible as you study for your Sunday school lesson. Read the Bible so you can know what you need to teach. You got to read the Bible devotionally and consistently to hear what God has to say. I have lived long enough to know that when I read this word of God, that even at times that I may not necessarily understand it, even at times when I'm not necessarily committing it to memory, that the power of God through the presence of the Holy Spirit will bring things to my remembrance that I read but did not even commit to memory. That's, that's how the Holy Ghost works. That when you're in a jam, the Holy Spirit will start bringing some stuff to your remembrance. And you're trying to figure out where did this come from. It's because you either read it or you heard about it and it got stuck in your spiritual psyche. Think about Jesus and how he knew about intimate confidence. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil? And the devil threw everything at him, including the kitchen sink. That every time the devil threw something at Jesus, Jesus responded, it is written. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, he didn't give his divine opinion, even though he could because he was God in the flesh. He just said, it, it is written. Every time the devil tried to entice Jesus, Jesus just responded, it, it, it is written. Now, I need to let you know that the word of God is not some magical hocus-pocus abracadabra thing, but it's a releasing of the power source. The word authority in the Greek is exousia, E-X-O-U-S-I-A, uh, which means this is the right to exercise power. This, this is a bad example, but many of us can get the image or the metaphor that I want to present to you right now, it is, it is, like, it is like a person, uh, or should I say, it's like a police officer, but that's not good. It's like a person uh, uh, who has a concealed weapon. And, and you have a concealed weapon, that's your power. But your license is the authority. And so if you don't have a license or a permit to carry a concealed weapon, you have power, but you don't have authority. Come here just for a moment. That's the problem with a lot of us as far as church is concerned and as far as our living for Christ is concerned. We have influence, which is power, but we ain't got authority because we're not connected to the word. When you're under the word of God, you have the right to exercise the power that is yours by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And guess what, you all? Your trigger is obedience. If you want power, obey the word of God. If you want strength, obey the word of God. If you want might, 
obey the word of God. The power is not in the written letters of the book, but it's in the spirit who had the letters, the words, the chapter, and the book written in the first place. The problem with a lot of folks in the church is we place more confidence in a book. We will worship the Bible, but not the God of the Bible. And I want you to know that when you place the Bible higher then God himself, you find yourself in trouble because what you wind up doing is you wind up eisegeting. Eisegeting ain't nothing but a fancy word that means you take the word of God out of context to fit your own situation. But when you know who the author of the book is, it'll help you to understand what the Bible says. And if you want to understand what the Bible says, you need to know who the real author is. The author of the Bible ain't Moses. The author of the Bible are not the minor prophets or the major prophets. The author of the Bible are not the historical writers of the book. The author of the Bible is not the writers of the Gospels. The author of the Bible is not Paul or Peter. The author of the Bible is is not those who put the canon together. No, the author of the Bible is God. God creator, redeemer, and sustainer. That is the one. Who is author and when you know God for yourself, God gives you the authority to use his word. But finally, become proactive in your prayer life, which is intimate communication, Uh, intimate communication. You, you, You can't do this work without prayer. Let let me say that again. You, You can't do this work. Without prayer. The the, the power of the Holy Spirit is released through prayer. Our problem is that a whole lot of us got weak prayer lives. Because our prayers are proactive, or not proactive, but rather reactive. We pray reactive prayers. We pray when we want something from God. We pray when we're in trouble. We pray when we're in distress. And there's nothing wrong with us praying at those times. But unfortunately, for a lot of church folks, that's the only time we do pray. But God has sent me on an assignment to challenge us today on this 4th of July. God has sent me on an assignment to say to you, I want you to talk to me when everything is going all right in your life. I want to hear from you when the blessings are showering down. I want to hear from you when the children are doing okay. I want to hear from you when everything is going. I don't want to just hear from you when you're catching hell. This is a problem because, watch this, reactive prayers stifle our walk with God. And it stifles our spiritual growth development because the only time that some of us talk to God is when we need something. The most powerful activity that you and I can do when it comes to building the kingdom of God is to become involved in prayer. Prayer. Not some trivial grocery list. That we give to God asking for a successful life or a pain-free life or a problem-free life. 
No, not that, not, not that kind of prayer. Not the prayer that these prosperity pimp preachers be pushing. But, but I'm talking about a proactive prayer life that will allow for you to pull the sword of the spirit from his sheath. I, I'm talking about a prayer life that will send shock waves into the pit of hell. I'm talking about a prayer life that will rock the supernatural world. I'm talking about a prayer life that will cause you to grow. A prayer life that will cause St. Paul to grow. A prayer life that could change our culture. If we spent more time in our meetings praying rather than power tripping, if we spent more time in our meeting praying rather than trying to get our agenda through, if we spent more times of our meetings praying rather than trying to do what we want to do, maybe, just maybe, we won't be dealing with so much envy and strife and jealousy and hell among church folk. Samuel Chadwick, in his book, Come Live, Die, states, and I quote, the one concern of the devil is to keep the saints from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. End of quote. One thing the enemy doesn't like is a praying disciple. When the disciples asked Jesus for a training seminar, they did not ask Jesus how to grow a church. They did not ask Jesus how to engage in a multi-million dollar capital campaign drive. They did not ask Jesus how to preach a sermon. They did not ask Jesus how to correctly interpret the Septuagint Greek of the Old Testament. They did not ask Jesus how to manage a multi-staff organization. They did not ask Jesus how to establish an exciting music ministry. They did not ask Jesus how to heal the sick. They did not ask Jesus how to coordinate a multi-generational, intergenerational ministry in the traditional church that's undergoing change. They did not even ask Jesus how to train leaders. Now, those disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. <laughs> you must realize how prayer is God's main way of training us how to use Holy Ghost power. If you don't have any power, it might be because you ain't praying. But if you're praying, I guarantee you will have power. Uh, if you're praying, I guarantee that your words will somehow tickle the fancy of God and cause God to move on your behalf. Uh, Minister Erica, I was reading about the Vietnam War. And there was a surveillance aircraft called the Mohawk. The Mohawk was fast, highly maneuverable, fun to fly. Uh, there, there was... Nothing special about this aircraft because it didn't have very many defensive weapons. Uh, it was not the best looking aircraft because it made big noise and it had 
stubby wings. Didn't have any rockets. Didn't have any bombs. But it was the one aircraft that the Viet Cong feared the most. The reason why the Viet Cong feared this aircraft was because of the aircraft's ability to recognize a problem and communicate that problem to an unseen power that could eliminate the problem. I'm going somewhere with this. The Viet Cong knew that if they heard the distinct sound of the Mohawk, that even if they could not see it flying overhead, that it would be just a matter of minutes before phantom jets and Cobra helicopters and other forms of artillery would rain down destruction upon them. Well, I want you to know that there's nothing impressive in and of ourselves. There's nothing inherently powerful about us. But when we go to our God in prayer, when we communicate with God, our creator, the most awesome power in the universe. God, like that Mohawk, starts sending out messages to angels and powers that be to come and give us the assistance that we need. In other words, Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, nor by your power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad to admit today that when you pray, the Holy Ghost will speak. And when the Holy Ghost speaks, the Holy Spirit will warn you of your enemies. The Holy Ghost will help you through your trying times. The Holy Ghost will help you overcome your obstacles. Um, I'm closing now, but I want you to know that every child of God who has been born again has access to this power and I'm here to let you know that uh, it's not predicated upon your politics and it's not predicated upon your educational achievement it's not even predicated upon uh, your denomination but it is predicated upon your sincerity to talk to God, uh, to confess where you are weak and fall short, uh, and to fall uh, under the authority of the word uh, of God. Uh, good morning, children. May the Lord bless you real good. You have to excuse me because my Mississippi is trying to slip out. But, but I'm glad that I'm able, yeah, to testify uh, that when uh, you realize uh, you haven't dotted every I and crossed every T, when you realize uh, that you are in need of the grace and mercy of God, when you realize uh, that you fall short because you are a sinner who are saved by grace, uh, when you realize uh, that when you have a little talk with Jesus, tell him uh, all about your trouble. Won't he hear your faintest cry? And won't he answer by and by? The songwriter says when you feel uh, a little prayer wheel turning 
And you know a little fire is burning. You'll find a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right. Y'all got to excuse me. Can I preach it the way that I feel it? I have discovered that the Holy Ghost is real. And I have discovered that there are times when the Holy Ghost will tell you to shut up. Because the Holy Ghost don't want you using your words. But the Holy Spirit will move in its own power. I understand that talk can be cheap. I understand that rhetoric can be unrealized. I understand that words can be feeble. But when I'm connected to God uh, by assigning myself to his Christ, when I'm connected to God by allowing the Holy Ghost to have its way, when I'm connected to God by staying in his word, God will give me power and God will give me strength to press on when I feel like giving up. I'll see y'all later. May the Lord bless you real good. But is there anybody in the house today, anybody watching me online, know that talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. And you and I got power in 2021 to do some things that folks can't be done. Power to eradicate racism. Power to get rid of sexism. Power to eliminate ageism. Power to live for Jesus. Power to heal the sick. Power to grow a church. Power to handle your enemies. Power to strengthen your faith. Power to heal a broken heart. Power to rid a headache. Power to sing God's praise. Power to preach God's gospel. Power to teach God's word. Power to lift up holy hands. Power to press on anyhow. May the Lord bless you real good. I don't know about anybody else, but I want that power. I need that power. Gotta have that power. So y'all got to excuse me because I know had it not been for the Holy Ghost in my life, I would have fallen short a long time ago. But do I have anybody that's able to testify that when you fell down, it was the power of the Holy Ghost that picked you back up, dusted you off, and told you to run on anyhow. So may the Lord bless you real good. Is there anybody watching me live stream? Is there anybody in the house right now that ain't afraid to give God praise and tell the Lord thank you for your power, power to sing, power to serve, power to love, power to heal, power to forgive, power to praise, power to worship, power to lift up hands, power to give God glory, power to magnify, power to edify, power to equip, 
just words you all it's the power of God to change to transform to reorient our reality it, it, it's more than just words it, it doesn't diminish the fact that words are important but I know a whole lot of folks that can talk but ain't got no power I know a whole lot of folks that can sing, but ain't got no power. A whole lot of folks that can get behind this sacred desk and tickle your ears, but they ain't got no power. It takes power. The power is by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. There may be someone watching us live stream right now. Who wants this power? And I want you to know it's it's yours through a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Someone is saying, well, do we have to have Jesus in order to have this power? Well, I want you to know you can't separate God the Father Creator from Christ the Savior the Son. And you can't separate Christ the Savior the Son from the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, and God. They are so interconnected, so interwoven. That's what it means to, to believe in God. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man, woman, boy, girl can come to the Father except by me. And I want to invite you to this relationship through a prayer, a short prayer, prayer of new life, prayer of a brand new start, prayer of forgiveness can be yours right now. So, if you're watching us on our various platforms, I'm going to tell you what you'll, how to respond as soon as I lead you in this prayer. And if this prayer is for you, I'm going to ask you to make a decision, to make a choice for God through Christ. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you would, repeat this prayer after me. God, I want power. I want power to change my situation. I want power to change my life. 
And I want that power by confessing Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. God, I believe. I don't understand it. But God, I believe. You sent Jesus to die for my sins. I, I believe you raised Jesus from the dead three days later. And I believe that one day Jesus is coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Make me the person you want me to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer, you're sincere about that prayer. Salvation is yours. Is it really that easy? Yeah, because you're not saved through your works. By how much money you give, how much you read the Bible, you are saved because salvation is a gift from God. You are saved because of your faith, your belief in God. It's really that easy. If you believe in your head, in your heart, in your mind, your spirit, you believe that prayer, you apply that prayer, salvation is yours. But then you need to be discipled. You need to be taught. You need to grow so you don't remain a babe, but that you grow up in maturity in Christ. So how can that happen? Well, a couple of ways. First of all, if you prayed that prayer and you've never been baptized before, I want you to connect with us as a candidate for baptism. If you want to join us, if you're watching us on Facebook or on our website, type in salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the telephone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at our church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your phone number by 5 o'clock on Tuesday. Someone will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're watching us and you're saying, uh, Sir, I am already saved. I love Jesus Christ. But you want to connect with St. Paul. You want to hook up with the tribe here at St. Paul. We would love to have you. I love to be your pastor. And these men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you're watching us on Facebook or on our church website, type in connect. One of our digital ministers or social media influencers will reach out to you, let you know what next steps are. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on telephone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309. By 5 o'clock on Tuesday, someone will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are to become part of the family of God here at St. Paul. We would love to have you. And we would love to do life with you. Well, at this particular moment, I'm going to ask if you would. It's the first Sunday. Get your communion elements prepared. Uh, in about two or three minutes, we're getting ready to partake of the Lord's Supper. And so as we get our elements in the church, we are in the process of getting ready to disseminate or 
pass out those elements. Uh, Deacon Octavius is going to help me as far as our exchange is concerned. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer of communion. your elements we want to consecrate the elements and then we will carry out this ordinance of the church let us bow our heads in prayer God we come and we thank you for what you did through Jesus Christ by allowing him to become our lamb as we come and we prepare to partake of this meal Lord God we do it in remembrance of him the great sacrifice you made through Christ to reconcile us back to you. Thank you, God. God, forgive us of our sins and thought, word, and deed. Forgive us of our sins of omission, not doing what you wanted us to do. Forgive us of our sins of commission, doing what you told us not to do. God, make us right with you even now. And Lord, let us not partake of this meal in a way that disrespects the body and the blood of Christ. In Jesus' name, we pray and claim it done. Amen. It was on a fateful Thursday night when Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples that he took a loaf of bread, he blessed it, and he broke it. He said, take, eat, this is my body that should be given for thee. Let us eat at this time. Likewise, he took a common cup, he lifted it toward heaven, and he gave thanks to his Father. And afterwards, he told his disciples, drink ye all of it, for this is the blood of the new covenant that will be shed for the remissions of sin. Let us drink. And the Bible says afterwards they sang to him and they went out into the Mount of Olives. And we shall do likewise with a benediction and a song. Let us bow our heads in prayer. God, we thank you for this worship experience and we pray, oh God, that we will access the power that is ours through the presence of your Holy Spirit. Now, God, as we leave from this space, but never from your presence nor your power, keep us in your sovereign, omnipotent care until we're able to come back together. And now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy, 
To only wise God be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. On screen, if you're watching us, go ahead and sing that song at the cross, at the cross. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. 